the Lord, everybody. Amen. I don't know how we're going to make out tonight. We went back to how we started out. And we had the chairs and the tables out. And that's what we have tonight, the tables out. So I guess if um, we don't have enough tables, we can just pull the chairs off, sit in the chairs, and just bring up the rear. Just figure out how to fit in. Amen. God is good. Amen. I feel the Holy Ghost tonight. I don't know. I don't know if um, that's right to say we feel the Holy Ghost on Bible study night. <laughs> People come to Bible study, they feel like, ah, hey, you know, let's do some teaching. But I feel the Holy Ghost, and we're gonna teach. But I feel the Holy Ghost. Amen. God is so good. Amen. Well, if you will stand with me, we're going to go before the Lord in prayer. Welcome to our Thursday night Bible study. Those of you who have joined us online, those of you that are here, I welcome you in the precious name of Jesus. I pray that tonight when we are through with Bible study, something will change in you. Something will happen within you tonight because God wants to do something in your life. I prayed as I always do and seek the Lord as I always do. Anytime I have to stand before his people, I'm always constantly asking, you know, God, what do you want to do? And uh, just wait for him and wait for his prompting. And um, I feel strongly tonight that the Lord put into my heart that we need to pray for a burden to see souls saved. Because we all don't have that burden. And some of us even might think we have the burden, but we don't have the burden. Um, we feel like we know it's right to want to see people saved. We know it's right. And you hear me teach it and preach it, you know it's right. But knowing it's right and having the burden to want to be a part and do something about it is two different things. And so what we find ourselves doing a lot of times is we're praying, say, God, save my family members that's unsaved. God, will you save my neighbor that is not saved? God, will you save my children that are not saved? And we go on and on and ask the Lord to save the people we know that are unsaved that we know need saving. And here's the thing. God is saying, I'm ahead of you. I'm way ahead of you on that. The challenge that the Lord have is, as he begin to work in their hearts, will we be ready to make ourselves uncomfortable to go beyond what we normally go beyond to make sure we nurture and help that person to be saved. And so I believe, and as I feel in the spirit tonight, I believe that God is just waiting for us to have the burden so badly that we will go beyond our own abilities and we will trust him and we will make ourselves uncomfortable. We will, we will do whatever it takes to say, Lord, I am so burdened to see the law saved that I will do whatsoever it takes and I will not allow anything to get in my way of helping to minister and reach those who are lost. And until we get that burden, I remember Jesus wept over Jerusalem because he says, Look at them. They're all here, and they're like sheep without pastures. They're, they don't have a prophet in their life. And, and the more I move about in our world, the more I talk to people, you're hearing a lot of conversation. And the, the bottom line of what 
I walk away with every time is that they need Jesus. Every conversation, I don't care what the conversation is, every conversation seems like you have these days, you walk away and you say they need Jesus. And what that means is it's so many lost people and so few of us that are kingdom minded that we are always interacting with people that need Jesus. And so we really, really got to ask God to give us a burden, a burden to see the lost be saved. And once we get that burden, then as he work on the heart of the people that he wants to save, we will he can trust that we will not make excuses and we will not attend to our business first, but we will attend to the souls that he has brought to our attention for us to minister to them. And that will become our primary responsibility in this life. That's what the Lord is really waiting on is for us to be so burdened to reach the loss that we will begin to minister to them. But we only want to see people saved because it's right. But we're not willing to pay the price yet to see people saved. We're not willing to pay the price yet to see people saved. And so my challenge to you and myself tonight is, are we willing to pay the price to see others be saved? Because understand this, we become overwhelmed because there's so many unsaved people out there. And everybody that know you come to you, sister this, sister brother so-and-so, can you help me? And, and, and will you touch and agree with me? And they don't have enough people that they can go to that are saved. And so you can become overwhelmed with trying to help so many people. But we don't have a conviction and a burden to do it. And so I'm going to ask you tonight, just simple prayer as we stand here, is just to ask God to give you a burden to want to help to reach the lost. Give you a burden for souls, lost souls. You want a burden. For lost souls, that when you see people lost, you cry. When you see people lost, you can't function right. When you see people lost, you are just, 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 just asking God, how do I help them? What do I do to help them, Lord, to lead them to you? And that will be your burden. Not just see them and say, well, if they will just get Jesus, because that's kind of our position. Well, if they will just get Jesus in their life, they would be better. But they don't want God. How you know they don't want God? I'm convinced more people don't want God because they don't know what it's all about to have God. If they really came to the place of knowing and understanding what God is all about, who he is, what he's capable of, I believe more people will want God. But I don't think they know. So let's pray tonight and ask God for a burden to see lost souls saved. Father, we love you. Oh, God, we don't want to come before you tonight in any way dishonest. And so we humble ourselves before you tonight and we repent of our sins, for we have sinned and come short of your glory. Even if it's the sin, Lord God, of omission, omitting to do the things that we're supposed to do. And, oh, my God, we might not have been transparent and honest with you concerning lost souls, but tonight... 
we've come humbly before you and we've come to say, Lord, will you forgive us for, Lord, only talking about the loss, but not giving ourselves and not, Lord God, surrendering ourselves and not, Lord Jesus, making ourselves an instrument, a vessel that you can work through to save them. Oh, God, tonight we've come to say, have mercy upon us and forgive us, Lord, for we have not, oh God, totally surrendered to you. We've not totally, almighty God, given ourselves to you for you to do what you want to do in us and through us. And so tonight, Lord, we ask, oh God, that you will forgive us, that you will cleanse us, that you will deliver us from our strongholds, whatever have us bound, whatever keep us, Lord God, from making ourselves vulnerable and available to you, whatever that is that's holding us back, that's constraining us. I pray tonight in the name of Jesus that you will set us free in the name of Jesus, that no longer will we be held back, be bound, or be constrained by anything, any circumstance, any individual from not making ourselves available to say, God, use me, to say, God, I'm your vessel, to say, God, I surrender to you. We want you to have your way in our heart and in our deeds and in our thoughts that, Lord God, every lost souls we see, we will weep. We will weep, Almighty God. We will fall down upon our knees and cry out to you to say, Jesus, how can we make a difference in their life? Jesus, what can we do to help them know you? Oh, God, Jesus, what can we do? to see the soul be delivered, be saved, and come to a place in a relationship with you. God, burden this church, every one of us, the young people, the children, Lord, and every adult. Burden us, Lord God, with that burden to want to see lost people be saved, to want to see the lost, almighty God, be saved, to want to see the lost come into relationship with you. You burden us, Almighty God, and from this day on, from this moment on, Lord, we will not be content. We will not be complacent in seeing the loss just stay lost. But Lord, every time we see the loss, we will weep. We will groan and moan and say, God, oh, save their soul. Use me, if you will, Lord God, to minister to them in the name of Jesus. For Lord, once you get us on track, you can do great things. You will use us as your hands and your feet and your voice to minister to our world that they will receive, that they will hear the word of God and their situation will be turned around and they will come to a place of knowing you for themselves. Lord, hear our cry tonight. Let it be so, Lord God. Let it be so, Almighty God, that no longer can we walk by an unsaved person. No longer can we see a person going astray. No longer can somebody call out to us to say, pray for me, and we not get burdened to see them saved, Lord God. Oh, Jesus, have your way tonight. Oh, God, help us and hear us, Almighty God, that before this service is over, 
Oh, God, the burden would have come upon us, and we will never be the same again, and that we will seek you each and every day for your will to be done. Oh, God, will you hear our cry? Will you hear our petition tonight, almighty God? And let it be so in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, God, give us the burden, Lord. Whatever you felt, Lord God, when you look over Jerusalem and wept, will you give us that, Lord God? We want to feel that like you did, Lord. When you wept over Jerusalem, allow us to look over our communities and look over our towns and our cities, almighty God, and weep because, Lord, we see them being going astray and lost and don't know you, and we will weep, Lord God, where we will put ourselves in your hands to say, God, use me any way you want to. Use me anyhow you want to. Just as long as, Lord, we can touch the lost and help them to be saved. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 10, you may be seated. Ephesians chapter 10, chapter 6, I must say. Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 10. We're still in our lesson, our prayer series lesson. And I believe tonight is our final lesson, and we're going to talk a little bit about praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit. Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 10, the word of the Lord says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. The writer went on to say, put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore having your loins girded about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench the, all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Verse 18 says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication 
in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Praying in the spirit. If you want to accomplish anything for the Lord Jesus Christ, you will have to spend time in his presence and in spiritual disciplines. We will have to pray. We will have to study our Bibles. We will have to get involved with the church. We would have to fast, and we will need to serve if we ever want to accomplish anything for the Lord Jesus. Being a Christian is not a learned skill or discipline. You hear me? We just don't begin to learn, even though I've seen it, and maybe that's why I'm addressing it. Addressing it. I've seen it where people become a, they assembled with the church, and when they assemble with the church, they, they start to pick up on what people do. They even pick up on talking in tongues. And they even pick up on, you know, how you pray. And, you know, they pick up on just mannerisms that they see Christians may do. So people have come among the church and they have kind of tried to learn how to be a Christian. Try to discipline themselves in saying that they're a Christian. But I'm here to tell you, Christianity is not a learned skill. Or you just get disciplined and say, okay, I'm a Christian now. Christianity is a living relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But like any other relationship, if we want our relationship to be deep and meaningful, beyond the superficial and empty formalities, it takes time and commitment. Mm -hmm. I tell you all all the time when you stand up here, you can tell how you all receive what I just said. So I'm going to say this again because you didn't receive this well. Mm -hmm. Christianity is like any relationship, it's a relationship with Christ is, is, what, is, is what brings us into our true relationship as a Christian. When you have a right relationship with Jesus Christ, the Bible says, if you love me, obey my commandments. So when you come to know Christ and you start obeying his commandments, you develop a relationship with him. But like any other relationship, you have to continue to operate within that relationship for the relationship to get better. And so what I said was, when I only got a couple of people that groaned, what I said was, if you want to be in a deep, meaningful relationship with God, beyond the superficial and the empty formalities, it takes time and commitment. It takes time and commitment to be in any meaningful relationship. And we have to stop and challenge ourselves tonight and says, all of us that desire to be in a real meaningful relationship with someone else, 
the reason it will get better and be meaningful and be deep is if you take time to invest in the relationship and you commit to the relationship no matter what goes on. If you don't invest the time and you are not committed, you will never have a deep relationship with anybody, and that includes Jesus. When you don't have a good relationship with anyone, it's because you don't want a good relationship with anyone. God has set this thing up where it always will come back on us. Either you want a relationship that is deep with him or you don't. And we will have to stand before him and have to give an account because guess what? We had wanted relationship with individuals, humans. And the things we did to get those relationships with that human being, God is going to say, what am I? What am I? You did this, you did that to get into relationship with that person, but what am I? Have that person been so good to you, less than I've been to you? Time and commitment is what is required to have a deep relationship with God. Just like time and commitment is what is required to have a deep relationship with another individual. It's not by coincidence why a child, a newborn child, is the closest thing to that child is his mother. Can't mess with God. God has set this thing up. You can't get away. The child come out in the womb, and he's the closest, or she's the closest thing to their mother. Why? Mother carried around nine months. When they came out of the womb, mother take care of them better than anybody else. So they are building a relationship that is meaningful. Diaper being changed. Bathing is going on. They are creating a relationship that is meaningful. Time is being placed in that relationship. Commitment is going on in that relationship. And that's why that baby and its mother is so tight because it started in the womb. And when the baby came out, it continued. And so that baby is like, Mom, mom, mom. So the question is, God has shown us how it works to get a deep, meaningful relationship with someone else. So it is in the natural. So it is in the spiritual. We're fighting a spiritual battle, church. We're fighting a spiritual battle, and we must know Who is our enemy? Yep, 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 yep. Our enemy is not the non-believer. Although occasionally you will meet people who are so full of rebellion against God and evil that you might think, if you're not careful, that they're your enemy. But not even them are your enemy. The secular media or world systems work relentlessly to undermine God's truth. But they are not your enemy either. Although they are often tools in the hands of God, our secular media and all that, although they are often tools in the hands of the devil, they're not your enemy. Our enemy is Satan. And all the spiritual forces that he influenced. That's who our enemy is. Satan 
and his imps. Satan, the deceiver, the accuser, the destroyer, is the adversary of our soul and of the souls of our friends and our loved ones. Paul wanted us to know who our enemy is. He wanted us to know whom we're fighting. And we are fighting not against flesh and blood. Our enemy is not powerful. Don't let anybody tell you Satan is powerful, please. You don't have no power. My Bible tells me, Jesus says, all power is in my hands. If all power is in the hands of Jesus, I don't know who else got power. So we better not make the mistake in saying Satan has power. He doesn't. Now, what he do have, let's call it what it is. Since he's been around a long time, he is a manipulator. Since he's been around a long time, he knows how to tell lies real good. He's a liar. But he knows how to lie to you real good because he's been around. He's heard a lot of things. He's seen a lot of things. So he knows how to lie real good. He knows how to manipulate you real good. And he knows how to deceive you real good. But he don't have no power. As a matter of fact, the Bible says, He's a defeated foe. Don't you let someone or something that's defeated get the best of you. That's, that, that's just not good. Someone that's defeated getting the best of you. So we arm ourselves with the armor of God and use the weapons of our warfare. We cannot be defeated. Because the devil's weapons that he used can't do anything to us. Deception will not be able to overtake us. Lie will not be able to overtake us. Manipulation will not be able to, able to get the best of us. All we have to do is arm ourselves with the armor of God. Use the weapons that God has given us. Stay faithful. Trust God. Obey him. And we'll be all right. He's the last thing we got to worry about. But when we're not doing what we're supposed to do, he gets us off guard and starts mingling in our life and start causing problems, which make us forget about everybody else and focus on ourselves. And praying in the spirit, in, in essence, is intercessory prayer. And when you're caught up in your situation and your circumstance, you don't have time to pray in the spirit. You don't have time to intercede because you feel like you don't understand. I'm overwhelmed. You don't understand my situation. All of us got a situation. All of us got a situation, church. And so you must realize if you have a situation, welcome to the club. We all have situation, but here's what we do because we all have situation. We try to spin our situation to be worse than the next person's situation so we can get the attention. Uh-huh. That's what we do. So we realize that we all have situations, and so what we start doing is, well, I know, I, I know you got a situation too, but let me tell you about my situation. 
because you want to make sure yours sounds worse than the person you're talking to. So you can get some more attention than you're willing to give. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18 that we read earlier can also be considered part of the weaponry of God that we tend to overlook. So when you go back to Ephesians 6 and you read from 10 through 18 and it's telling us to put on the whole armor of God and we wrestle not against flesh and blood and it's telling us all the weapons that we need to use we read all of them and we we like to hear about the helmet of salvation the breastplate of righteousness uh, we want to hear about the belt of truth you know we we got the sword in our hand the word of God our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel and so we're thinking I'm armed and ready to go but we always leave off this weaponry, praying in the spirit. Mm-hmm. We tend to ignore that one a whole lot, but all the other ones, got my sword in my hand, uh-huh. got my helmet on, got breastplate of righteousness. You know, we got everything we need. Let's go to war. And we forget praying in the spirit. It says in verse 18, Ephesians 6 and 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Notice a few things about this passage. Verse, praying is prioritized. Prayer is a priority. You know, Prayer does a lot and says a lot, but one of the things that prayer says is, and also how you pray, that I can't just say prayer because we might take prayer for all kinds of things that it's not, but when you really pray, what it says about you is that you're humble. If you pray and you're not humble, you didn't pray. If you pray and you're not humble, you didn't pray. Why are you saying that, preacher? Because prayer, if it's real prayer, cause you or make you submitted to God. And your prayers usually reveals that you know, I'm not able to do what needs to be done. I need your help, Lord. And so if it's up to me, I cannot do what needs to be done. And I am not capable And so I'm calling on your name, Lord. I'm calling on you, Lord, that you will help me because without you, I can't do anything. Without you, I am not able to accomplish this. And so I'm praying and asking that you will help me, Lord. If we're praying like that, there's no way you get up off your knees or get up out of your chair or start walking around and walk around with your um, chest stuck out. Because you know what you just did and what you just said was, I can't, but you can. Can you help me? So how are you going to pray that prayer and walk around like you got it all under control when you're just told the king of kings and the lord of lords, I can't, I need your help. And now you're going to walk around like you can do all things. You can't do all things. He can't do all things. So if we really pray, we are humble people. glasses on prayer must be prioritized 
And in that text that we just read, prayer is a priority. We are commanded to pray always with all prayer. Second, our prayer should be in the spirit in this particular instance. Remember, we're talking about warfare. We're talking about weapons. And praying in the spirit, warfare. Praying in the spirit is using another weapon that we overlook plenty of times. So in this particular text that we're talking about, our prayer should be in the spirit. Which means we would be, or we would not be praying in our own strength, according to our intellect, but we would be praying in the spirit and speaking a language that we have not learned. All right. We're going a little bit. Third, our prayer is inclusive. Notice. How many times the word all was written in verse 18? It says, the word all is used in the passage to say all prayer, all perseverance, all saints. Just think, one verse of scripture had the word all listed three times. Praying in the spirit can be understood as praying in alignment with God's will, connecting to and drawing from the spirit, permitting the spirit to guide us in our prayers. We'll talk a little bit more about that. However, Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verse 26, likewise. The Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. That word infirmities is not talking about sickness. It says, the Spirit helpeth our infirmities, and that means our weakness or our inability to know what to pray. The Scripture went on to say, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, this is serious here now. Here's what's serious about this. There's a lot of times, most of the times, we don't know what to pray. Most of the times, we don't know what to pray. But God has given us a word that when we don't know what to pray, the Spirit will make intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So that tells us we probably should be praying in the Spirit a whole lot more than we have been. Because when we're praying a lot of times with with the way we can understand what we're saying, we probably don't even know what we're praying about or even we're praying the right way. But when we begin to pray in the spirit, then we know for sure it's the Holy Ghost that's leading that prayer and and making intercession for us. Then we know whatever it is that we should be praying for, that's what's being prayed at that time. So we need to pray in the spirit a whole lot more than we have been praying 
because we don't know most of the times what we should be praying. That word groaning, it means a sighing, as like an oppressed person. This groaning also is referring to prayers to God that is expressed inarticulately. When you're praying in the spirit, there's no articulation going on. When you're praying in the spirit, don't have to worry about being proper. When you're praying in the spirit, it could just look choppy, clunky, crazy. It doesn't matter because if the spirit is in control, the will of God is being prayed. Mm -hmm. That's another thing that's just wonderful about prayer. We don't have to worry about how eloquent we sound, Lukey. No, a lot of times, sometimes people get discouraged. They might come into church and hear somebody that know how to pray eloquently praying. And they're like, man, we got to learn how to do that. I don't think I can do that. And so that becomes a challenge because now you're worrying about praying eloquently. But God didn't call us to pray eloquently. He called us to pray how we know how to pray. And then when we don't know how to pray, we let the spirit pray on our behalf. So you pray how you know how to pray. Whatever you know how to pray, however you know how to say it, do it that way. And when you can't do it no more, you say, God, will you take over? Because I don't know what else to pray. Oftentimes we are ignorant of what we need to pray for because we look through the eyes of the flesh. And our vision is limited because the scripture already told us we see through a glass darkly. Therefore, we need the spirit to intercede on our behalf. Because when the spirit intercedes on our behalf, the prayers that are being prayed, they are according to the will of God. I can't tell you how badly I desire to pray the will of God every time I open my mouth. Every time I open my mouth to pray, I just want to pray God's will. I, I even get frustrated with myself sometimes. Sometimes I, I start to pray and I'm just sitting there just silent, saying nothing, because I just don't want to talk words. I just don't want to say words. And so sometimes I get ready to pray and I just sit there saying nothing. I don't open my mouth because I'm just there saying, God, I just want to pray your will. I want to pray the will of God. I don't just want to pray just to say that I prayed, but I want to pray the will will of God. I want there to be an interaction with you and me. I want there to be communion with you and me. I just don't want to say words and to say, yes, Lord, I prayed. But I want to pray the will of God. I want to pray the will of God. I want to pray the will of God. I want to be done praying, and when I'm done, I have a sense of direction, where I'm going, what I'm doing, who I will encounter, what I will say, how my, 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 my position will be. I just want to pray that, oh, when I'm done, I'm ready to do God's will. And most of the times, it doesn't work like that because I'm probably just praying, saying what I think I should say, and not praying the will of God. Help us, Holy Ghost. In Romans chapter 8, verse number 27, it says, He that searcheth the hearts 
knoweth what is the mind of the spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So right here in verse 27, it's making it clear that Jesus Christ, who are our intercessor that prays for us, his spirit just working on our behalf, make intercession for us in praying the will of God. Church, we need to pray in the spirit. We need to pray in the spirit. I'm not telling you to walk around just talking in tongues like a crazy Chinaman, but I'm also telling you, you can also pray in the spirit and you're not talking in tongues. You can be praying in the spirit and you can be just groaning, sighing, sighing. Ah, oh, and you ain't, you ain't saying nothing but, oh, ah, oh, that's praying in the spirit too, because that's what the scripture say, that it's groanings that cannot be uttered. You're not speaking words, but you're sighing because you feel something within your soul because you have the Holy Spirit in you. And so you're praying. You don't know what to say. You don't know how to communicate because the power of God is just moving on you. And all you can do is, ah, have your way Jesus that's all you can do because you don't know what to say but the Holy Ghost is there to aid you the Holy Ghost is there to strengthen you the Holy Ghost is there to be your intercessor you don't always know what to say we don't know church we got to be a people that don't know and don't be a people walking around like we know. Too many people are walking around like they really know. And I'm telling you, I'm not trying to slight anyone. If we really knew, we would be far better than what we are today. We would be further along than where we are today if we really know. Nobody, nobody in this world have this thing just right. Nobody got it going on like that because we don't know. If we really did know, we would have impacted this world in a great way, in a powerful way. We have not impacted our world the way we need to because we really don't know. But let's not pretend like we know. Let's not pretend like we know. Be honest with God. This is where this praying in the spirit comes in, being honest with God. God, I don't know what to pray. God, I'm frustrated. Everywhere I look, I see souls dying in their sins. The times that we're living in now, Lord, every time we turn around, we're hearing loved ones dying. Every time we turn around, we're hearing people losing their life and people are sick and all these things are happening. We don't know what to say. We don't know what to do. So we ask that your spirit will intercede that we will pray the will of God not according to our intellect but according to the spirit let your will be done Uh, we got to pray in the spirit church we got to pray in the spirit let the spirit of God have his way in us Paul went on to instruct us about what praying in the spirit looks like. You want to see what it looks like as Paul began to describe it in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse number 14. The Bible says, For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth. My spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. Can I pause here to just say, maybe that's another reason why we are not praying in the spirit. 
because we need to know everything. Everything these days we got to know. I need to know. Why, 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 why? I got to know. We're in the age of just we got to have information. And so everything we do, we got to understand. We got to know. But church, if we're really living for God, we better get comfortable with understanding. There are just some things we will not know. There are some things that we don't know. And we have to be comfortable with it. And so when you're praying the Spirit, you don't know. You don't understand. And you have to accept and trust that God is praying on your behalf according to his will. That's why we better pray in the Spirit. We don't know. Your spirit prayeth, but your understanding is unfruitful. 15 says, what is it then? I will pray with the Spirit I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the spirit and I will sing with the understanding also. The apostle Paul is showing us we're going to pray in the spirit sometimes. And when we pray in the spirit, sometimes we will not be able to understand what we're saying. But there are times when we're praying and we will understand what we're saying. So I'm not here tonight to tell you pray in the spirit all the time. I'm here to tell you we need to pray in the spirit more often than we have been because we need to have God's will done. And when we pray, Pray in the spirit. God's will is being done. Let me say this. I believe when we pray according to the word of God, we are praying according to the spirit of God. So that's another way of praying by the spirit, but not in the spirit. Right. When you pray the word of God, you're praying by the spirit and not in the spirit. What do you mean by that preacher? The Bible says in John chapter 6 verse 63, Jesus says, it is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So when you pray the word of God, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. While you're not speaking with tongues and praying and groaning and moaning, guess what? You're still praying by the Spirit. Not in the Spirit, but by the Spirit. Because when you pray the Word of God, you're praying the will of God, and you're praying the words that are Spirit. So when we pray with understanding, it'll be a good thing if we pray the Scriptures. When we pray with understanding. Now, here's the catch. In order to pray the scriptures, we got to do a lot of reading of our Bible. <laughs> if we're going to pray the scriptures, we're going to have to spend time in this book. We're going to have to go through this book and read it and, and, and see what it says. So now when we're ready to pray with our understanding, we can pray because we now understand what the scripture says. And now we're praying the scriptures. Can you imagine if most of our prayers consist of praying the scriptures and praying in the spirit? My goodness, we would be so powerful that every time we pray, we're praying according to the word of God or we're praying in the spirit. Boy, we will see some great results. We will see some great results. That's why tonight when we started praying, church, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Oh, God, help us. I stood in the kitchen, and I'm just praying. I'm in there praying, and I just felt strongly that the Lord was just putting in my heart, Wayne, you all need a burden for the lost like you've never had. You can't just 
just know that lost people are supposed to save, supposed to be saved. You gotta have a burden that when you see it, it gotta, it gotta mess with you. It gotta, it gotta challenge you. It gotta do something to you when you look around and see lost people. You, you need to be challenged, burdened to the point where you're weeping and don't even know why you're weeping. Tears coming down your eyes and you don't know why. And then later on, you will get an understanding. That's because you realize they're lost. They're lost. What can we do? Church, we need to read our Bibles and we need to pray in the spirit because God needs a heart, our heart, to be a heart that is truly fixed on him. He really does. He really does. He's so loving and he's tender and he's patient and all of that stuff with us. That's just who he is. But at the same time, he needs us to step up and give ourselves to him and say, God, here I am and make him the priority and everything else afterwards. He wants to do his will in the earth. But guess what? He has chosen the method of using his church. That's what he has done. Remember, when Jesus walked this earth, I always say, and you can ask him in your prayer, he grew up and his ministry started at the age of 30. And he left this earth at the age of 33 and a half. So the bottom line is, what's the question? Well, Lord, why did you wait till you were 50? Lord, why did you wait till you was retirement age? Before you were sent back to heaven, he determined, I did what I was supposed to do. My work is done here. Now you all take this thing over and run with it. But he did also tell us that from the very beginning. In Genesis, he says, be fruitful, multiply, have dominion. He already had told us from the very way back then. He told us how we were supposed to conduct ourselves. Then, of course, we always lose our way. And he got to get us back on track, get back on track and get us to do what we need to do. And so when he came to earth, he didn't spend a whole long time here. He says, it's up to you all now. I want to work through my church, my people. And because he has decided that's the way he wants to work, he's waiting on us. To step up, make ourselves available, make him the priority, allow him to work in our life. That's what he's waiting on. Trust me, there's a lot of people that can be saved that could have been saved already. But here's what the Lord won't do. Because this is worse. The Lord is not going to reach for people's heart to get them saved. And we don't have the time, the effort, the, 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 the love and all that it takes to nurture them. To bring them up. So God is not like us to go through the whole process and then let us blow it. He's not going to go through the whole process of reaching your loved one. Delivering them from alcohol or drugs. Delivering them from sickness and pain. Delivering them from whatever they're... He's not going to reach out for them and then do what he has to do. And then all of a sudden now you are appointed to be the one to nurture to love, to spend time, then you have to choose between your, 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 you know, doing what you want or going and attending to them. They need to be getting it by now. You know how long I've been telling them about what that word mean? I told them what propitiation mean. I taught them in Bible study, and they still don't understand. I can't spend all my time with them. They need to learn. They're not learning. That's what some of us would say. 
And so the Lord hasn't been able to use us to minister like that. We got a whole lot of stuff going on. And God is saying, what about the souls? What about the souls of men? What about the people that are lost? Are you going to let them die in their sins? Paul talks about praying in the spirit. When he's talking about praying in the spirit, he's talking about praying where the spirit is interceding on our behalf. Where the spirit is praying, but we don't understand. This is interesting. Dr. Andrew Newberg, a psychiatrist from the University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia, uh, through neuroimaging, he had a real time look at the brains of volunteers who were busy praying. They were people of various faith and background, and they were praying. And the doctor did a study on them. When the people who prayed in the spirit were examined, Newberg noticed something unusual. The part of the brain that normally makes them feel in control, Newberg noted, has essentially been shut down. When we pray in the spirit, if someone can examine our brain while we're praying in the spirit, if they know the brain, if they are, you know, doctors that know the brain, they will tell you when you started praying in the spirit, the part of the brain that shows that you're in control is shut down and you're no longer in control. What kind of God do we serve? What kind of God do we serve that he can do these things? Ah, he do these things. He said the brain is shut down which coincides with understanding of praying in the spirit. It is not us who prays, but the spirit who prays through us. When we pray in the spirit, we do not pray with understanding. We do not pray with the tongues of men, a known language. We pray in a heavenly tongue, an unknown language given by the spirit. And that's been proven in the natural. People that don't know nothing about tongues. All they know is when you start speaking funny, that part of your brain, <laughs> that, that's usually in control, just shuts down and looks like it's not in control anymore. So you start doing that funny stuff. You know, they call it funny stuff. And, 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 it, and, it's, and it's weird sounding to them, but when they analyze the brain, they said, oh, snap. They have no control right now. In 1 Corinthians 14 and 2, the Bible says, For he that speaketh in, uh, in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. Mm -hmm. Praying in the spirit may encompass a lot of different things. However, here is something we know. Praying in the spirit is the spirit 
fashioning and prompting the things we are praying. And those prayers bypass our understanding and are directed by the Spirit. We need to pray in the Spirit more. Jude chapter 1. It's only one chapter in Jude. Verse 20. It says, but ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. How do you do that? You build up your holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. I think we ought to pray more in the Spirit. There's 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 so much that's good about praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit strengthens our faith, our relationship with the Lord Jesus, and keeps us spiritually strong in those or these end times. If you read Jude, you will realize it's talking about, Jude is talking about the end time. And in the end time, we need to build up our faith, and we build up our faith by praying in the Spirit. To pray in the Spirit is then to lose touch with our will and our wishes. And Lord knows I really want that so often. Because I, I don't want to be biased in, in how I pray. I don't want to be leaning to what I want because what I want may be wrong, church. I understand that about myself. I've been living for God long enough to know probably most of the things that I want, that I desire within myself, most of those things are not according to the will of God. I've learned that. So I realize when I pray, I really want to be so unbiased in how I approach God and what I say because I want his will done, not my will. And so often we don't realize that we go into prayer with our desires, with what our desires are and what our will is. And we come out of prayer the same way, our desire, our will. So I try to go into prayer and say, God, I'd rather pray in the spirit where I have no understanding, where, 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 where I'm not, you know, trying to get the prayer to come out the way I want it. But I want the prayer to be clearly how you want it. And that's why praying in the spirit is so important. Yes, there's going to be things that we know how to pray. We still want to continue to pray that. Lord, will you keep our children, our young people? Lord, will you keep us safe? That's all good. And probably even that God is saying, you know, I got you. But we need to pray a lot of prayers in the spirit and pray a lot of prayers according to the word of God. When we pray in the spirit, we immerse in God's will. And his power. Intercession is going on when we pray in the spirit. When we pray in the spirit, we speak, as we said, in an unknown heavenly language. When we pray in the spirit, we pray with fervency and expectation. To pray in the spirit, we must be filled with the spirit. (laughs) To pray in the spirit, we must be filled with the spirit. So there you go. You got something else to pray about. So if you're not filled with the spirit, you need to pray, God, I need to be filled with the spirit because when I'm filled with the spirit, I can pray in the spirit. And when I pray in the spirit, my prayers are unbiased. Mm -hmm. So to pray in the spirit, we must be filled with the spirit and yield ourselves to the will of the spirit. 
I can't tell you how many times I, I thought it was interesting. Uh, uh, I wasn't sure if it was legit. That's right. Best way to say it. That I would say it. I, I started doing this a while back. I would say, Lord, I don't know what to pray. I need the spirit of God to just take over. And I just start talking in tongues. I'm like, did you do that, Wayne? And I would do that quite often, and it would happen. I'm like, did I really do that? Or was it really the Lord really hearing my prayers and really helping me? And it, I really later on realized, no, it's the Lord. Because I don't want to keep praying stuff that I'm like probably wrong about. Or stuff that, you know, I don't need to pray about. I want to pray God's will. And if I pray in the spirit, maybe, just maybe, God will allow me to understand some of the things that he has said. Because remember, the scripture talk about when you pray in the spirit, unless God allow it to be interpreted, you don't understand what you're saying. But he can let you pray in the spirit and let you understand what you just prayed in the spirit. He can do it. That's when it works out perfect. That's when it works out perfect. Because what you just did is you yield yourself to the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost prayed the will. And now you get a revelation of what just transpired and you're like whoo i was just a vessel i didn't do anything but i got a revelation that's how it works i can't pray in the spirit for you you can't pray in the spirit for me your mama your daddy can't pray in the spirit for you your brother your sister they can't pray in the spirit for you they have to pray in the spirit for themselves A lot of people need to be reached. We're hearing from a lot of people that are struggling with different things, that are going through things. And I know, we know, our prayer list has been loaded. Um, we have kind of been trying to shift our service that when we pray on Sundays, we put it, make it focus for individuals that really need prayer. We're working hard as we can to try to make sure we're praying for as many people and their situation as we can. But like I said not long ago, wouldn't it be nice if they are saved and they would come and join us in the house of God and pray with us about their situation? And that's what I'm trying to tell you, that if we can get so desperate and hungry to see other people saved, burdened with it, we will be better off when more of us are praying then one less of us are praying and working. So we're working harder, not smarter. Young people love we're even. I know we're practicing somewhere. The young people like that part. So let me tell you, young people, what I mean by we're working harder, not smarter. Instead of us praying for the burden to see lost people saved and have God put that burden on us, because when that burden is in us, God will lead lost souls to you. Because he knows you will handle the lost souls with care, with love. You will put the time in to minister to the lost souls. So when you pray for that burden, God will start sending them your way. And you will begin to minister to them, and they will begin to get saved. When you start operating that way, more people get saved. More people are together praying together. And now you're working smarter, not harder. I've heard, you know, I've had some people all, you know, that I've 
listened to and talked to over the years. And when you reach out to the lost, evangelize and minister, you cannot and do not want to do it until you pray and let God lead you in the way he needs to lead you to reach the lost. If you just go out and just do things on your own, you will be working harder, not smarter. Because we can go out there. Here's a good example. We can go out there and we will talk to 20 people. And out of the 20, maybe one listens. Oh, I'm coming to church Sunday. I really, I really want to come. I'm going to be there. And that was our day in witnessing. But when you pray and God says, go into this neighborhood and you're going to see a green and white door, knock on that door, talk to those people. It's a whole different ballgame because he's not sending you anywhere if there's not a reason or a purpose behind it. So you see what I mean by working smarter and not harder? It's not that you're not working. It's that you don't waste your time running around like a chicken without a head when you can just take your time and put prayer in and just pray, seek God, pray in the spirit and say, God, lead us. Open our understanding up to what you want to do. And when you start doing that, you know, you've heard so many stories. Heard the story recently. Um, the queen, Vesta, driving through her community. Always, she always did. She told a story one time when she went in the bar. She said, she prefaced it by saying, don't do that. Don't go in no bar. But she just felt just really led that day to go in the bar and pull the person off the bar stool and talk to them outside. But she said, don't do that. But she was just known to just randomly pop up. Not randomly, but everybody thought that she popped up on thought it was random. She would just pop up in place. And one day she was driving through her neighborhood, and the Lord prompted her, turn around and go knock on that door right there. Turn around and go knock on that door. And she wouldn't do, wouldn't do it. Finally, the Holy Ghost was so strong, he prompted her, turn around and go knock on the door. Went and knocked on the door. Lady come to the door. She said, lady, I don't know why I knocked on the door. I just know God sent me here. Lady started crying. She was about to commit suicide. So when we work, when we work smarter, not harder, we will get to see God's will being done. That's all I'm trying to show you is when we pray in the spirit and we pray the word of God, we start to work smarter, not harder. And so that's what we need to do. Pray in the spirit so God can tell us what to do, because if we pray in the spirit, his will is being prayed. So whatever he tells us is solid as rock. Just go with that. But if we're just praying what we want, sometimes we're so bullheaded and so stuck on what we want that he just leave us alone. If I try to tell you what I want, you won't even hear me. Because you're stuck on what you want. So here's the thing as I finish up here. We need to be praying in the spirit now more than ever. Yes. We are so consumed by so many thoughts. We are so busy doing so many things that we struggle to pray effective prayers. Our prayers are not effective. We're just saying words that we know we're supposed to say. We're not praying effective prayers. We got too much going on. Look at the life of Jesus Christ. He was so committed to prayer that he spends his day just functioning, moving about, doing what the revelation of his prayers brought to him. 
So his day, he really understood what he was doing, where he was going, what he would encounter. Not just because he was God, because remember, he operated as man so we would understand that's how we need to operate. So he would pray always. And as he got direction and instructions in the spirit, he would know what to do, where he's going, what he would do. That's what we need to do. And not just pray just for prayer's sake, because even that will frustrate you. Even that will it will wear you out if you're just praying for prayer's sake. You will get worn out and you will see your prayer life is like a roller coaster. Because you prayed, prayed, prayed the way you wanted. You got worn out because you never got an answer and you just took a break. You're tired, worn out. But we weren't praying in the spirit. We face problems and situations that we don't know what to pray about. We don't have the answer to the problems or situations, which means we don't know how to pray about it. Remember I said when the whole Ukraine thing happened? We said, I knew right away everything is, we need to help Ukraine. I agree. But what we, we were just going to pray, Lord, protect Ukraine. Lord, bless Ukraine. Okay. That's what we would do. And we never thought the president of Russia need to be delivered and be saved. We never stopped to think the people that's, that, that, that's been commanded by the president of Russia, we need to pray for them, that their heart would grieve them. That we don't know what to pray. We pray because of our emotions. We pray according to our flesh. But if we were praying in the spirit, we would get different understanding of what we need to pray about. Because as terrible as it is that what they're doing to Ukraine, all souls are mine, saith the Lord. All souls are mine, saith the Lord. And it is God's will that all be saved and that none would perish. But how we are, if you do me wrong and you hurt me, I ain't praying for you. I'm just trying to let you know that's why you can't trust yourself to pray. That's all of us. That's including me. Emotions fly, and we just pray a certain way according to emotions. And God is saying, that's not according to my will. You're praying through your emotions right now. You're praying according to your experiences. What about praying in the Spirit so you can get the will of God done? But that's the kind of stuff we're challenged with, and we don't realize that when we pray most of the times, we're praying according to our will. I got another one for you. How about sometimes when our loved ones are sick? Lord, heal them. No, I'm ready to bring them home. Lord, we want you to touch them. Why are you saying all that? I'm ready to bring them home. Can you stop doing that? How about that? You ready for a good one? Since uh, you might think I'm talking crazy. Jesus, you can't die. No, no, no. You're not dying, God. Whoever tried to get my God, I'm cutting their ear off. Because they're not, they not going to let my die. No, no, my God ain't dying. I'm protecting my God. He's not dying. And what did his God do? Turn around and says, get thee behind me, Satan. I'm just trying to show you how if we, if we keep trust, trusting this flesh to pray for us, to help us pray, we are going to be in a lot of trouble, and we won't see the will of God done, and we will be frustrated. Because our flesh tells us what we should pray, and most of the time that's wrong prayer. 
He had to rebuke his right hand man, Pete. Pete, that walked on water. He said, man, get behind me, Satan. I got to die. I'm raising up in three days, but I got to die. And you're trying to stop the process of God? Get out of here. Get me behind me, Satan. Only Satan get in the way of trying to stop the process of God. Just trying to point out to you that what we think we should pray ain't what we should pray. And the best way to overcome that is to pray in the spirit. And when we pray in the spirit, we don't have to worry about all the things that that we had worries and concerns about. Because now it's not us that's praying, but it's the spirit that's praying within us. And so we don't know what we ought to pray most of the times. But if we will ask the Holy Spirit to intercede for us and pray the will of God. We need to say, Holy Ghost, take charge. Learn that in your prayer life. Holy Ghost, take charge. Please take charge. And when you say that and you start talking in tongues, understand what just transpired. Holy Ghost, I yield myself to you that you may intercede on my behalf for me or for somebody else. But I yield that you may have control. Romans, that we read earlier, 8.26. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Listen to me. We cannot fight and win this battle on our own. We're not strong enough or capable enough to be victorious on our own abilities and strength. We are to persevere in prayer, which means to stick to it and do not quit. The early believers, they did. They stuck to it, never quit. Perseverance don't mean to pray the same thing over and over and over. It doesn't mean trying to twist God's arm. Because that's not even possible. You can't twist God's arm to do you any favor. Whatever God does is because he wants to, not because you made him. It means to pray from a place or concern and a burden waiting for an answer from the Lord. So when we say persevere in prayer, what you're doing is you're praying to God and waiting for an answer. How often do we wait for an answer when we pray? God, I didn't hear from you. I'm not doing anything till I hear from you, God. We need to wait for answers. Keep on praying according to your understanding. I'm not telling you not to pray according to your understanding. We need to pray according to our understanding because if we grow up in God and keep studying the word of God, we should be able to pray according to our understanding. But we also need to pray in the spirit. Mm -hmm. Remember. The Holy Spirit is in us to help us. All we have to do is call on him. That's all we got to do. All we got to do is call on him, yield to him, so he can intercede on our behalf. Let's do prayer a lot different than how we do prayer. Let's, let's read our Bibles more so we can pray the word of God. When you, when you sit to pray, when you kneel to pray, how about you stay there for a little bit? 
and say, God, I want to pray your will and not pray just every thought that come to my mind that is not of you or every desire that I have in my flesh. But will you lead me so I can pray according to your will? Prayer is not something that we rush through to say I did my duty. If I only say 10 words, but I'm down on my knee for one hour because that's how the spirit leads me. So be it. Because I'm not there to do anything but to hear from God, to interact with God, to commune with God, to, 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 to express to God how much I want to do his will. And I'm making myself available to him. Those are the things I'm there for. I'm not there to tell God what to do. He God all by himself. He's sovereign. He knows what to do. So all I can do is yield myself to him and say, here I am, Lord. All I can do is seek his face and commune with him. All I can do is listen for an answer and, and, and just receive from him instructions. That's all I can do. So maybe if I sit there, lay there, kneel there for a long time and only said 50 words, that's also good too. I just want to hear from God. And that's what all of us should aspire to do is that when we pray, we just want to hear from God. And when we pray, we want to pray the will of God and not what we think because we don't know. We don't know. Let's stand. We don't know, church. You can be confident in how you conduct your life in anything. As a Christian, you don't have to be intimidated by anybody. You don't have to worry about how much somebody know more than you. Because no matter how much we know, we still don't know. <laughs> no matter how much we know, we still don't know. And there's so much that God is not saying to us because we wouldn't understand anyway. So the best prayer we can pray is in the spirit. And just yield and let the spirit pray through us and then just let God command you what to do. That's the best way to go. But praying like you know, hold your horses. Hold your horses. Let's ask him to let the word of God stay in our heart tonight and bind us before we leave. Father, in the name of Jesus. Oh, my God. What a word that you have placed into our heart tonight. Lord, we're grateful for your word and we're thankful more than anything else, Lord God, to know that you're still speaking to us. Uh, oh, Jesus, I am grateful to know that you're talking to us, that, that, that Lord God, you want to work in us and through us. It's still so hard to grasp that the all-powerful, all-knowing, the God that created all things, is so wanting to work in our life and through us. Oh God, it's so hard sometimes to really grasp. And sometimes it might be the reason why we go off on our own praying what we want to pray. Because we can't grasp understanding how much you love us and how much you want to be close to us. And how much you want to work through us and in us. Oh, but God, let your word tonight. Let your word tonight, Lord God, let this word resonate with us. Let it resonate in such a way, Lord God, that it will not escape us. 
that we will learn from this word, that we can apply this word in our life, and that we will walk according to this word, Almighty God. Help us to grow up in you and to mature just a little bit more that, oh God, we can pray in the Spirit that we may know the will of God. In the name of Jesus, will you hear our cry tonight, Lord God? Oh, Father, give us the burden to want to see souls be saved, Lord God. Not just souls of our own family, not just souls of who we know, but when we see a soul that is lost, oh God, that we will be so burdened that the Spirit of the Lord can move us to speak, can move us to do something that will help that soul to come out of the drudgery and the sin and the degradation of where they are and be lifted up by the power of the Holy Ghost. Lord, burden us, this church, individually and collectively. Burden us, Lord God, to the point where we will weep over the lost souls, Almighty God, and yield ourselves completely to you that you may use us, that you may work in us and through us. Oh, God, have your way in this church that we will never be the same again. That this word, Lord God, will overtake us, overshadow us, be rooted in us, will grow and produce good fruit. Bless and keep us, Lord. Have your way in us, Lord. Direct us from this moment on in prayer that we will never pray by the flesh anymore. That we will never pray, Almighty God, according to our own fleshly desires, but that we will be prompted by your Spirit to pray the will of God, prompted by your Spirit to pray according to the Word of God. We love you, we thank you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Don't forget, give to the building fund tonight before you go. God bless you, church. I love you. And we'll see you back here Sunday morning. In Jesus' name.